Welcome to the Leading Through the Enneagram podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Pritz. Together, we will explore how the Enneagram typology system applies to leadership. We interview leaders that share their Enneagram journey and how it's impacted the way they lead in their organizations, in their communities, and in their personal lives. Today, my guest is Lindsay Jepkema. She is the CEO and co-founder of Casted, the first and only marketing platform built around branded podcasts. With more than 15 years of experience in B2B marketing, including running her own consulting agency, she's a dynamic leader who's had tremendous success building and growing marketing teams on a local and global level. After launching a branded podcast for a global marketing company, Lindsay realized her passion for authentic conversations. This led her to found Casted to help marketers unlock the full potential of their content by harnessing the power of podcasting. The company has since gained rapid traction among brands that wish to create greater connection with their audiences through authentic conversation. Lindsay is also the mother of three boys, including twins. She and her husband are both from Michigan, but now embrace the chaos from their home in Fortville, Indiana. You are going to love Lindsay. She is an overall powerhouse. Hi, Lindsay. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me, Rachel. I'm very excited. Yeah, so let's talk about how you stumbled upon the Enneagram and um, share with the listeners your core type, so the type that you most identify with, and how you got exposed to the Enneagram. So I'm a three. Um, I've taken the test, this, uh, the assessment two times, and i very, very strong three. <laughs> um, and I was first introduced by um, our mutual friend, Rebecca Fleetwood Hessian. Uh, when she and I started doing executive coaching, she was like, hey, you should do this to get started. And then going through her Rise and Thrive program, which you were a part of, we did it together as, as a group and um, kind of dove a little bit deeper. Yeah. So tell me the three for the listeners is the achiever. So tell me Mm -hmm. some of the things you discovered Mm -hmm. that maybe you didn't know or were blind spots for you. And then talk about things that you were like, yes, that's me, but it hurts a little bit. (laughs) I think, you know, I think zooming out even more from that is with the Enneagram, the, the biggest eye opener for me was like, oh, two things like, wait, everyone's not that way. And then the flip side of that was like, thank goodness I'm not alone. (laughs) So some of those things were um, just being super achiever oriented and being like super um, keenly aware of who I need to be in different situations um, among different people in different contexts and being able to, the way that that it keeps referring to it as shapeshift. And... um, I never thought of myself as... I never really thought of myself that way. It, it really resonated. I was like, yep, that, that sounds like me. But I had never put words to that before. Um, and I think in that same breath, the part that was kind of hard to hear and hard to see in writing was how much that defines me and has defined me my whole life, right? Is who do I need to be here? Who do I need to be there? How do I need to pivot and, and change and adjust who I am? So that I can be who I need to be for this this situation, um, which in many ways has been good for me, but in other ways it's like, wait, but who do I want to be in this situation? Um, and seeing that that's not something that everyone struggles with, at least not to the extent that I do or, or threes do, was uh, interesting, reassuring, um, and hard <laughs> to see. 
Yeah. Yeah. I coach a lot of threes. I tend to have a lot of threes in just uh, coaching high achievers. Mm -hmm. And that can be a a gut punch for them, but it can also be an area of growth. So being able to shape shift and be what you need to be in a moment can be a real gift as long as it's not deceitful. That is Mm -hmm. the key. So the sin that's aligned with, or we'll call it sin, whatever you want to call it, um, but passion maybe that's aligned with the three is deceit. And so when they're healthy and they're not being deceitful and they can shape shift and be who people need them to be, but also be authentic, that can be mm-hmm. a huge growth growth area for them. So I'm curious if you've found places that you can take that mask off where you feel more comfortable, especially in the workplace, because this can be hard to take these masks off where people know us as this particular person. And now we're tapping into our authenticity. How have you been able to do that in, in the workplace? Yeah. And I think kind of... So, so two answers to that. One area that it's really served me well is that I'm... Uh, well, for the last year, I've been the CEO of a startup. Right. And so I have my team, I have my co founders within that team, I have my investors, I have my board, I have um, advisors and partners and customers. And I need to be myself, but a different version of myself in each one of those um, groups of people. Right. And that, without really knowing it, has really served me well. And now that I really know that that's a big part of who I am, I've really tapped into it. But to your point, to answer your question, being aware of it has been really helpful because it's like, okay, how do I show up as myself? And as, as you know, boldly be myself is a, is a big theme for me. And I've talked about a lot through Rise and Thrive is, um, is super, super important. But it's like, what? how can I boldly be myself in this context, right? So how can I speak my truth and stand up for what I believe in and go follow my gut instinct for what I believe is best for the business, for the team, for this situation? but communicate it in a way that will resonate well with this audience, right? How can I, how can I shapeshift enough so that my message will be received the way I intend it to be, but um, still be really true to myself? And so that's... It's not easy, but I think through what I've learned with you and about Enneagram, that's something that when you really tap into it in the right way can be really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what a three or the achiever looks like in stress. Mm -hmm. So what are some of your experiences when you're stressed? So you look a little more like an average to unhealthy nine Mm -hmm. in stress. And so talk a little bit about that and, and how that shows up for you. Well, when you and I started working together, I was squarely in stress. Um, I think, especially looking back in hindsight, even more so than I realized. I was a few months into starting Casted. Um, so I was a startup founder in a you know high growth tech SaaS venture-backed company. I was in the middle of raising my seed round, um, growing our team. I was working a lot more than I realized because it wasn't like up until 2am pounding it out on my computer, but I was thinking about it. I, my, my, my cognitive load was heavy. Yeah. Um, and instead of shutting down or resting or I don't know, any other way that somebody might handle stress, I just push harder. And so even though there were times where I would sh- you know, quote unquote, shut down work or I wasn't actively in my emails, so to speak, I, was, I would get my butt out of bed at 4.30 in the morning and go work out. And then from there, I would go and I would make 
you know, breakfast for my kids and for myself. And then I would grind it out and I would try to get to work early. And then I would fill my meet my days with just back to back to back meetings. And then I would try to get home in time to make a good meal for my kids. And then I and then and then and then and then and then mm-hmm. and I was just running as hard as I could to try to overachieve my way and grind my way and strive my way through it and just completely exhausted and trying to be everybody, you know, that number three, I was trying to be everything to everyone, to my kids, to my team, to my investors, to everyone in my life. Um, because in stress, it was like, okay, well, I'm really stressed, stressed here, which for me at that moment was this work situation that was still somewhat new to me. So I need to overcompensate in the other areas of my life to try to be equally as present and who those people needed to be me to be with like in my personal life and social life and things like that. So it was exhausting. <laughs> Very. Yeah. I remember the thing that stuck out for me when we were talking about what you look like in stress. And, and I said, you know, a lot of times people will use numbing behaviors. So mm-hmm. common negative numbing behaviors would be like alcohol, uh, too much TV, too much food, you know? So, so all of those things that we traditionally think of and you said, oh no, I just get busier. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, oh, Lindsay, do you realize that that's also <laughs> numbing just to stay busy to yeah. avoid what's actually happening? And so I think that was a bit of an aha for you, but share share a little bit of that, of, you know, just that story. So yeah. For sure. I, I was completely... Talk about blind spots. Completely blind to it. I, um, I was like, well, that's not numbing. It's not numbing at all. I'm very not numb right now. <laughs> like I am not numbing myself out when I am, you know, striving and grinding. Like I... This is the opposite of numbing, but it took just saying that out loud. It was like, oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm working harder and I'm pushing harder so that I'm not feeling stress. I'm not feeling the exhaustion because I'm constantly on. Um, yeah. Just yeah. Mm-hmm. So before we jumped on, you mentioned something that I think really stands out and is really relevant, not only for this current time in our world with COVID-19, but in general. Um, So you talked a little bit about needing an opportunity to slow down. So Mm -hmm. talk about that from a threes perspective, this experience now, um, and what's kind of, you know, been the bright light in this really tough situation in our world right now. Yeah, I think... So even going back to... Um, like when we first started talking and, and working together, I first of all I became aware um, that this whole numbing and busy and overworking and striving and grinding it out was a thing. I became aware of how shape shifting as a three can be a good thing, it can be a not so good thing, um, and that I need to listen to myself and my body. Um, and rest and which is really hard for me as especially as a three because I'm like that just all the overachiever things that's me and so that was those seeds were already planted and then um in this time of quarantine and um remote work where it's not just me it's not just my team it's not just my city it's not just my state it's the world right now um and I, I want to preface this with like, obviously, there's so much going on. Obviously, this is so much bigger than, than me or any of us. But the way that it's kind of manifesting itself for me is like, okay, this is forced rest. This is forced... You know, I can't get out of bed and be like, well, I'm going to use this downtime to go work out 10 times today. I can't use this um, as 
a way to go overachieve somewhere. Like I'm, I'm here and I'm here with my kids. And so my team is all there with, with in their homes and my investors are all there in their homes. And so it's, it's kind of been this forced rest that, um, cannot be perceived by anybody in any other way than just what we all have to do right now. Um, and what I kind of find myself doing at least early on was like, okay, who do I need to be right now? And how do I need to show up? And it's, it's been a really interesting exercise for me to just kind of be, um, just be, which is, you know, I don't know how else it would happen (laughs) other than in this kind of situation. So it's been been really interesting. I'm curious in that state of learning to just be, have you found yourself to be equally, if not more productive than you were before when you were striving? Um, not any less. Not any less. You know, not any less. Uh, I, I have found different times of day to do my workouts. I'm sleeping a lot more, <laughs> a lot more. Um, and I'm connecting with people, which that's, I think that's the really ironic thing is that I have taken the time to do the virtual happy hours as a lot of us have and the you know the the one-on-ones and the Zoom calls and the hey let's turn on our videos so we can see each other faces and let's take a few extra minutes to just see how each other's doing my team is um, doing at least a half hour every single day because they wanted it not cuz I was like hey we need to do this but we're we're turning on all of our video chats here in Zoom um, at least a half hour every day so we can just connect human to human. Um, and yeah, I talked about work stuff if that comes up, but really just to be human together. And so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, that really has been a big difference is how much I'm connecting with other people, which has been kind of expected. Yeah. Well, and I think whenever something like this happens, there's this catalytic event. I'm always asking the question, what is this here to teach us? Mm-hmm. And I think there's so many lessons that will be learned here. Um, to your point, this is not an easy situation and people are, are sick and it's, it's, it's quite scary right now. Um, but we are going to learn a lot from this. And um, yeah, I think, I think that may be a big learner or learning uh, piece for you. And so mm-hmm. taking that back on how do we continue to keep that going when we get back to our regularly, regularly scheduled program. So... For sure. And I, I think too, um, as a three and you know, this whole thing leading through Enneagram, um, one, my, my team, I'm going to put my team through it and just see, I think this is a great opportunity to talk as a team about how we all show up differently, how we all you know, process things differently and, and approach things differently. Um, this is a great time to have that conversation. But in addition to that, I think coming out the other side of all of this, um, which really we don't we don't know what that looks like. We don't know when that looks like. We don't know what that looks like. My hope, um, as a three for all other threes, is that this gives us all permission for like a reset to say maybe we don't all need to be in the office all the time. Maybe we do, right? Maybe maybe it's um it's changing. It's proving somebody wrong on either side, depending on on what company you're with or what team you're with, um, and what were we able to achieve or where did we struggle with this kind of social forced social experiment? Um, and, and what does that look like on the other side? So I'm really interested as a three and as a leader of a company to say, okay, what, what are we going to change? How are we going to do this work thing differently based on what we've learned about each other in this team? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you mentioned just learning about each other through the Enneagram. That has been a really valuable 
piece to the tool for me personally. So going from judging others for our differences to really valuing one another and helping people on teams fill in gaps where we are lacking. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I need somebody that's a little more assertive as a nine. Although I've learned to be pretty darn assertive. So I, I really use that eight wing. But sometimes there's things that I just don't do well that I can tap into other team members and just learn to value them versus everyone has to do it my way. Right. Um, and so I think one of the cool things about the Enneagram and in general is that we're starting to just value those differences. And I call it personality diversity. But it's a such thing, you know. It's a real thing. So we talk all yeah. about, you know, diversity in different ways, shapes, and forms. But personality diversity and the way we view the world is an important piece to how we create relationships with one another. Mm-hmm. So, how do you see in a business aspect and leading? How how do you see it improving communication, or how do you see it as being a powerful tool in business? Well, specifically for Casted. Um, one of the things that is just foundational to who we are as a company is relationship, right? And in order to have relationship, you need to actually see and hear and listen to and appreciate the other person. Otherwise, it's that's not a relationship. And so something like Enneagram, um, I don't know if this is the right way to put it, but kind of fast tracks that and gives you the tools to be more intentional about that and to dive deeper into that as opposed to just like, oh yeah, Rachel's my friend and I know this and this and this about her. It's like, mm-hmm. and I know that she's a nine and I know this about nines. And so when I have to have this tough conversation or when I have the opportunity to have a great conversation or you know, reward something or you know, all the different kind of interactions and opportunities that come up in a workplace, you can it can be that much more, that much richer and more impactful and um effective, not only for the people involved, which are arguably the most important part, but for the business and the bottom line. Um, Because when people feel seen and heard and valued, um, not just as a part of the company, but as who they actually are. I mean, imagine if the entire company tapped into that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I talk all the time about leaving so much creativity and innovation on the table Mm -hmm. because we aren't embracing people for who they are. So I don't see certain numbers on the Enneagram show up a lot in the corporate space, but it's not because they couldn't be really useful and valuable. It's that we really haven't allowed that. So we've almost said you don't fit in here and we need to shift the mindset to we want you to belong here. Those are two different things. So I, I love that that is your approach to leadership. Um, I also coming to mind as you were talking was this whole idea of the golden rule. So the the golden rule is crap in my opinion. So <laughs> treating people the way we want to be treated really isn't all that effective. So we really need to subscribe to the platinum rule, which is treating people the way they need to be treated. Mm-hmm. And that's how we get the best out of people. That's how we create these really strong relationships. So I love I love that you're doing that and that you're investing in your team in that way. I think that's the future of leadership. Um, we've gone through lots of revolutions in our world. We've had, you know, industrial, we've had tech revolution, and I truly believe we're in a human revolution. Mm -hmm. I see this all the time. So I think tapping back into our humanity, I love that your company focuses in on authentic conversations through podcasting. I love that. (laughs) So can you share just a little more about what Casted does and how you harness those authentic conversations and make people feel like, Oh my gosh, I was sitting on the couch with these people. This is such a great great way to connect with one another. Of course. Yeah. So Casted, in a nutshell, um, is the 
first and right now the only marketing platform that's built around branded podcasts, meaning that the entire way we think um, you should be doing marketing should be based on, just as you put it, authentic conversations. So yep, go have a great conversation like we're having now. Record it. Yes, turn it into a podcast. But also, what else are you going to do with it? How are you going to ring that out? How are you going to leverage, um, say, the transcript from that podcast um, for a supplemental written content to reach people in those ways? And how are you going to use clips and pieces of that conversation on social media to bring people into that conversation? Um, and the reason podcasts are so great, especially in this time of social distancing, right, is that you know you and I are having a conversation and we're inviting people to listen in on it. Um, we're not having a conversation and then going away and then writing something and hoping people will read it or cleaned up, edited, you know, grammar corrected version. But it's really, it's authentic. I mean, and we might have bumps and stumbles along the way or misstep or misspeak or stutter, but we're, we're inviting somebody to listen in on the, the authentic, passionate, you know, creative, uh, conversation that we're having here. And, um, in a way that they can consume that, um, and they're doing literally anything else at all. And so from a brand perspective, it's saying, put those, put those conversations at the center of your marketing efforts and invite people to get to know your brand in a, in a really, truly meaningful way. Yeah. Well, and I think there's a real craving in our society for realness. So you make a great point of cutting out all the ums and uhs and all the small little mistakes and making it just perfect. I think people are dying to see the real version of people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what we really want. Um, especially when we're moving from that judgment of others to valuing others. We want to see the real truth and we want to have those real conversations with people. So I think that's a great approach to marketing. And one of the reasons why I love podcasting so much, it feels like you get to sit with friends that you've never even met and you feel like you know them. Yeah. So I, I, I love that part of podcasting. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So do I. I mean, I'm biased, but you know. Sure. I do <laughs> Yeah. So anything else you'd like to share with the listeners just around leadership, whether it's Enneagram related or just a, a powerful statement? I know you mentioned your boldly be yourself. Do you want to mm -hmm. share just a, a little bit of that with yeah. our listeners? Well, that, that, oh goodness, that, that really has been a journey that, that really did start with Enneagram. Um, in that, again, Enneagram probably won't tell you anything you don't already know, at least in some way, right? Even if it's kind of a, a shock to see it in writing or there's a little bit of denial there. Um, like that was my experience that I saw the three and I was like, yep, good, bad, and otherwise this is me. And that started to really have me um, dig into the, the why and how, how that has come up in my life. And again, good and bad. It's, it's not either one. It's just who I am. And so I had this realization um, that over my life, as long as I can remember, that I've, I've done a lot of that shape-shifting, which again, it's not good or bad. It's in a lot of ways it's served me. Um, I have channeled it as, uh, like on stage. So, you know, I was in theater when I was, when I was younger and shape-shifting is part of that. And um, kind of a lot of, a big part of it is, is uh, you know, liking to be on stage and liking to be in the spotlight. And that has served me well, you know, through school. And now professionally, I do a lot of speaking and I'm out there being the face of the company. And so that's great. The places that, <clears throat> excuse me, that it has not served me so well is when, especially earlier in my career, when I was 
I was like, Oh, who do you need me to be? Okay. Yep. I can be that person. I can be harder. I can be more aggressive. I can be softer. I can be nicer. Um, and that turned into being too much of everything and never enough of anything. Um, and it was all defined by the other person in that conversation by someone else's context. And so I had this realization, you know, a couple of years ago, it happened to be on New Year's Eve and it just hit me. It was like, you know, I'm done. I'm done with being what everybody else needs me to be. Now, knowing this was before I did Enneagram and I know now that that's just kind of part of who I am. But at the time it was like that first step of, you know, I'm done. And so just boldly be yourself kind of descended upon me. I didn't go find it. It found me. And I wrote it on a chalkboard and it's, it's, I thought it was going to be the mantra for the year, but it's been two and a half years now and it's still there. And um, for me, it's just a daily reminder of like, again, how we started this conversation. How are you going to show up as yourself today? You are enough right now. Um, that doesn't mean you stop learning. Like I'm, I'm a constant learner, but how can I be more of myself every day? Um, because there's that quote that says the world needs who you were made to be. And I, I believe that now. And I think that every three needs that, you know, somebody to take them by the shoulders and shake them and say like, you, who are you? Um, that doesn't mean that you can't use your superpower of like shape-shifting a little bit, but that foundation has to be you. And so I think that's been, that's been huge for me is how to not be a slave to it, but to, you know, harness that power to be, you know, as a superpower. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's what I want everyone to know is all the types on the Enneagram have the good, bad, the ugly. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of looking at the things that are serving you and the things that are no longer serving you and intentionally making change around those. So that is possible. We can do that. And what Lindsay just described is a perfect example of that. This shape shifting, this, you know, being everything to everyone else wasn't working for her anymore. So she made an intentional change. But I'm guessing, and Lindsay, you can tell me where I'm wrong. It's daily. Like you have yeah. to daily practice this. It's not something because your natural default is to go to that. That's your strategy you created in childhood, and you're mm-hmm. and you're still running to it because it feels somewhat comfortable, even though it's not working for you. Right. So you have to be very intentional and call a timeout and say, "Wait a minute, this isn't who I want to be." So, mm-hmm. so can you talk just a little bit about that? Do you feel like it's a daily practice? I know I experienced that personally, but curious your thoughts on that. I mean, there's a reason that it's still on that chalkboard on my wall. Yeah. <laughs> it's because it is, it is a daily, a daily thing. Um, for me, there's kind of two different versions of it: of the boldly be yourself um, and harnessing my three as a superpower, not as uh, you know shackles. Is um, one is in the day to day, right? Just day to day, one off conversations, um, and saying, you know what, no. Or you know what? Yes. And just kind of standing up and again, who who I am, but communicating it in the way that the other person needs to receive it. Um, that's, that is actually a little bit harder than the other kind of choice, which is in the big things, the board meetings, the getting up on stage and speaking, the, the big moments. To me, those are, I mean, those are a little bit more rehearsed. Those are planned out. Those are like, how am I going to show up in this? You know, what, what, perspective am I going to take? What approach am I going to take? Um, that's a choice too, but it's like more of a, uh, conscious choice. Whereas like the day to day is like, okay, nope, I have a choice right now on how I'm going to respond to the situation or, and what I'm going to say or how I'm going to lead or, um, you know, I'm feeling stressed. Am I 
kind of overachieving through this or, you know, do I need to take a step back and, and rest? Um, which case in point, like this whole COVID thing, I, I had a lot of those moments of like, okay, I don't have my to-do list. I don't have my checklist. I, I, I'm not feeling productive. I'm not feeling, you know, I haven't proven my worth today. And it's like, there it is. Yeah. And there's that voice. Like your little security blanket. It yeah. is. Sometimes we just need to throw, throw it in the trash. It's ragged. Like, <laughs> it's done. It is. It is. Shoot it's on done. it. You, you've carried it around for a long time. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, lo- I love that you are intentional about even the spaces that you have to kind of evaluate. And I think a really important thing is for people to give themselves some grace as they're through this journey. It's never ending. We are going to be constantly learning about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And when you have a misstep or something doesn't go the way you wanted it to, figure out what it's there to teach you and learn from it and move forward. But give yourself some grace, right? You know, this, this is not easy work. It's daily intentional work and it takes time and energy for sure. But I'm grateful that you are one of those people that is using this tool to your advantage and growing through it. Well, hey, thanks to you. <laughs> thanks to you. I have, I have the tools and I am uh, I'm prepared to work through it every day. Yeah. Anything else you want to share with our listeners before we part? Hmm. Um, do the Enneagram. I don't know. That seems like such a commercial, but it's so true. I mean, it's it, what I've learned about myself and what I'm excited the team is going to learn about themselves and each other. Um, it's... It's, I've, I've done a lot of personality tests and work styles and those are all great. But this one has impacted how I show up um, for myself, uh, for my team, for my work, uh, for my family, for my other relationships. It's, it's probably been the biggest, um, the biggest game changer as far as any one of those assessments I've ever done. So yeah, do I, it. I've had the same experience. So let's share this thing <laughs> with the world. I like it. All right. Like thanks it. for being you, Lindsay. Thank you. Hey, hey, thanks for joining me as we jam on the gram. Also, don't forget to hit subscribe so you can get the latest weekly episodes. That's right, I said weekly. And if you want to follow me on LinkedIn and also on Instagram at Indie Enneagram, I would love to have you. And just remember, when it comes to personal growth, there are seven days in the week and someday isn't one of them. Have a great week.